Well, good morning. So good to see everybody here. Uh, man, we are getting close to the end. Couple more weeks, and we're going to be right there. We're going to be right there. I'm liking this, uh, I'm liking to see uh, businesses are open back up. People are going back to work, and really, I'm just praying that uh, as we get back to work and uh, everybody uh, gets back to normal, life gets back to normal. That uh, man, we begin to thrive again. Our country begins to thrive again. That is my hope. Uh, and my prayer in Jesus' name. Well, we've been in a collection of talks, really talking uh, about being powered up, right? Jesus said he was coming. He, he delivered on what he said he was going to do. Uh, he said he was going to give up something, and then he brought that down. We received the Holy Spirit, and you see the people powered by the Holy Spirit going out and testifying to the uh, the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. People are being saved uh, miracles are happening, and man, power is on the move. And, and today, I wanted to jump into a conversation on, man, we're powered to generosity. We're powered to generosity. You find in Acts 2, um, the latter part in verse 42 through 45, it's talking about the community of faith being transformed by the power uh, of the Holy Spirit, Led them, led themselves in a way where they were a part of a community in one heart, one mind, and God was moving. And when they saw need, they gave towards those needs. Now, we, we talked about last week, Acts 3. We're going to jump over to Acts chapter 4. Uh, this we can start at the latter part where this is another instance where it's speaking to the generosity that is happening through the Holy Spirit-filled believers. And uh, so we're going to jump into that conversation. You want to take notes, just write that across the top of your paper. Powered to generosity. Powered to generosity. In Acts chapter 4, verse number 32, it says this. All the believers were united in heart and mind. They felt that what they owned was not their own. So they shared everything they had. The apostles testified powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's great blessing was upon them all. Amen. God's great blessing was upon them all. Verse 34, there were no needy people among them because those who owned land or houses would sell them and bring the money to the apostles to give to those in need. You're finding in this story... Powered by the Holy Spirit, seeing people in need, excited about the message of Jesus Christ being spoken, but then powered to then give, to generosity, to give what they had, right? Have you ever been in a moment in time in your life where you felt led by the Holy Spirit to give? Saw a need, saw a situation, God placed somebody on your heart, all of a sudden you said, man, I want to Give. You ever been there before? Heather and I, uh, we had a, a moment in time where the Lord spoke to Heather and said, hey, I want you to give all of your first year, your salary as a physician. She was a, um, a resident at a university hospital. All of your first year, your first year of what you are doing uh, in your talent, what I have blessed you with, what I've called you to, your ministry, all the first year, your first fruits, I want you to take all of that and invest it back through generosity. Give towards the things that I see necessary. And Heather and I said, man, 
you know, it was a hard decision. Really, we were living off of one income, my income, um, for all of her med school. We went without. That was the years that I learned how to drink water at every single meal. I drink, majority of what I drink is water inside of my life. Uh, through those times where it was, there were sacrifices that needed to be made in order for the life in which we lived and wanted to live. We had to make sacrifices. We had to cut costs. But we wanted to live a specific way in alignment with how God has destined us to live in the provision that he's provided for us without robbing from God in order to build our life, right? And so we took this, we had this opportunity for a year to say, okay, uh, half of our income is going to give, you know, we're going to give these things towards all, you know, whatever we feel the Holy Spirit was leading us towards. And in the church at that moment in time, we, uh, my, my dad's church, they were uh, redoing all the floors in the church and they were raising a certain amount of money. So we said, hey, let's give an X amount of dollars towards that. That was one thing we gave towards. Another person was in need of a vehicle. We, we helped them out with a vehicle. Uh, there was another individual that uh, was going on a missions trip to, uh, I believe it was Africa, uh, was in need of a certain set amount of money. We gave towards that. And all throughout the year, there was opportunity that presented itself. There was confirmation from the Holy Spirit. And then there was our intentions that then expressed itself in the fulfillment of giving towards the need. Now, to be honest with you, the process was not easy. We know what God has spoken, but then we had all the intentions to do these things. And we lived within, here's this value, this money value that we know God has told us to invest into his causes and to his people to meet needs of people, help people on their journey, support the local church, so on and so forth. But then there was this tension on, okay, but we're actually releasing it now. Now we, we have the value, but now we got, we're releasing it. And I, I, to be honest with you, there's, there, there's the, the process between man going from what you know is being said and what you're called to do to actually doing is really, that's a challenge sometimes. And in life, man, when you can, you may be called to give or do or whatever, we have these moments. And I think it's everybody has these moments. We're called to do something. But have you ever had that voice of doubt step in to say, man, it's not really a big deal. No, they don't really need it. Uh, it's not going to make that big of a difference. Oh, there's other things that you can, you can do, right? That voice of doubt in order to get you to question on what you feel the Holy Spirit has called you to do. Man, I, I just pray today and as we get through this talk and we have a conversation that in the middle of what you feel called to do and the fulfillment of you doing it, you don't get caught in the middle of that decision between intention and fulfillment. You don't get caught. Here you have the church that there's obvious need here. And let's be careful inside of here. In Acts chapter four, if you look inside of the Greek, the intention behind this was from time to time as individuals that were in need inside of the church, individuals would take their possessions, sell them, take that money, and then they would give it to the church and distribute it, right? And you're, what you want to find inside of this story is like not this communistic mindset on like, oh, well, it's given it all and then distribu distribution. The actual word behind this, the Greek word behind this, uh, konia, I believe is what it is. The intention behind this word is what, what's mine is yours. Rather than what's yours is mine, it's what 
What's mine is yours. It's this generosity that is being expressed throughout the church community. And there was individuals that were in need. What, had, what the, the believers had to come back to is this place of, where is my value lie? Is my value in my possessions and what I have, or is my value in people, right? Is, it, is the value in who I have, right? My value is in Jesus. So man, uh, I'm, I'm going to meet the need of those that are in our church community but with what I have. I'm going to freely give as Jesus has asked us to do, freely give. And number one, if you want to write this down, I, I would say it this way. Our greatest value is in who we have, not what we have. Our greatest value in life is, is in who we have, not what we have. It's a question of value. There was a need and these individuals had a higher value than their possessions. Their higher value was people. And they came back to this place to say, if people are my value, then my possessions, I'm going to take some of my possessions and I'm going to give those things, right? Hashtag, I have Jesus, right? My value is Jesus. This is a matter of value. So the question would be, where is your value today? What is your value in today? When we talk about value, what exactly are we talking about? What do we talk about? What do we talk about when we're talking about value? Value is, man, as Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. Where your focus is, where your value is, there your heart is also going to be. That is where you're going to put your care right? You can see some people in life uh, that they value something specifically. I know a specific person that they value their vehicle. So every single week they have their vehicle detailed, right? Have their vehicle detailed, spick and span. The, you see them driving around, their car is going to be immaculate, right? They have a value of excellence and a value in their vehicle. So therefore they take care of their vehicle. Where there is care, uh, where there is value, there is care. And when you care, you, you move in the direction of action towards those things in which you care. So you find in these new believers, what are they? They care in people, so therefore they take their possessions to meet those needs. Uh, a story that you can kind of look into inside of the Bible that I want to parallel inside of here is a story in Matthew chapter 19, verse number 21. It's, this, it's a moment in time where a value question is coming up, Right? This is the value of a rich young ruler, a man that had possessions. In his approach to Jesus, he asked him, uh, man, how do I receive eternal life? Like, what do I need to do to receive eternal life? Ultimately, you know, Jesus says, who is, uh, you know, what good thing, who, who is good? The only one that is good. There's only one that is good. And, but he puts it back on him. Hey, follow the Ten Commandments. He's like, yeah, I've done that. Uh, I've followed the Ten Commandments. And so Jesus directs him further in this. He said, Jesus answered, if you want to be perfect, go and sell your possessions and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. Verse 22 says, when the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. He had great wealth. Um, so what you find in this story is the problem wasn't in this individual you know, having value. He had value. He wanted to receive eternal life. He wanted the value of eternal life, but he had a crisis and a conflict in his life of value. He was good to do um, with righteousness and following the commandments until 
the conviction, the conflict, the crisis, the, the, they met each other and the value crisis was, well, I got possessions and my possessions supersede, my value over possessions supersedes my value over following Jesus to attain, uh, attain eternal life. Jesus was telling them, do this, give up where your heart is. Doesn't mean you don't have to have, you can't have things. It just means your value has to, you have to shift your value to where you're willing to give to those in need and then, right, follow Jesus and then have possessions, right? It's a conflict of value. You know, uh, I, I say it one way. I say, um, I'll say it this way. With no conflict in value, we are able to freely give. When we have no conflict in value, there's no conflict around our value. We know where our values are, values here in Jesus Christ. We, we value what we have more, or who we have more than what we have. When we have that, then we have this ability to freely give, right? We, we, we know we have Jesus, Heather and me. We know we got Jesus. Oh, here's a need, here's an opportunity. Okay, now let's give. Now, it's not always easy, but when we know who we have and the value is there, then it, we can freely give, right? It's a question of value. You look down in Matthew 25, and this is a moment, uh, a parable of talents, or, uh, and this is a story that Jesus would speak of, of stewardship. And the stewardship story is three individuals get three different lump sums of money, um, one, one gets one talent, one get, or one bag of gold, one gets three bags of gold, one gets five bags of gold. And, and in this story, what you find is there's a lack of care over the value of what's been given to them. And so uh, the story goes that this landowner, he gives the money down to these individuals, says, I'm going away, I'll be back. You know, go ahead and multiply what I've given you. And since the two individuals that had five bags of gold and three bags of gold valued what was given to them, they went ahead and doubled it. They invested it. They multiplied it. They worked hard with what was given to them. They had value over what was given to them. They had value in the responsibility that was given to them. So therefore, they acted in accordance in order to invest and multiply. But it talks about the last person, the one that received one, feared the landowner. And in this process of fearing, he was struck with fear. He didn't value. He just looked at this man as this oppressive man, this oppressive person that has given them this responsibility. And so therefore, in fear, he just hid it. He just stuck it in the ground and said, you know what? I'm going to do nothing. And the unfortunate thing about this, he lost value in the responsibility that was given to him, the possession that was placed in his hand, and therefore he hung on to it. Ah. And so the story would wind up by the landowner coming back. And what you find in here, in verse number 18 says, but the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground and hid it, uh, hid uh, his master's money. Verse number 18, after a long time, the master uh, of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. So in verse 25, so I was afraid, skipping down to verse 25, it says, so I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See here uh, is what belongs to you. He just gives them back the lump sum. Now this is what the master says. His master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. He calls him a wicked and lazy servant down to 27, just moving right to down 27, it says, well then, 
you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. Parable, that is the parable of the talents. He calls him a wicked servant. Losing value in the responsibility was placed in his hands. He held on to it. The two individuals that ultimately took what was given, invested it, worked it, used it, put action behind it, ultimately, what, what is said is, hey, take from the people that do not have and give it to those that do, right? He calls them a wicked servant. He lost value in what was given, lost value of the one who gave it, so therefore lived in fear. And I'll tell you today, uh, with what God has placed inside of our hands, we have to be careful that we don't lose sight of what the responsibility is. Man, when we are entrusted with possessions, possessions can possess us or we can possess possessions. Whenever money is given, money can possess us or we can possess money. At the end of the day, if we're in a place inside of our heart where we, we value what, who we have and not what we have, right? right? We value who we have more, I should say. We, we, our greatest value is who we have rather than what we have, right? We got to value our, what we have, right? We got to take care of what we have. When we live from a premise of who, then we don't get caught up when we have with, with the what, what we have. So we can live from a premise of freely giving, being a people that can freely give. The Acts 2 believers, powered by generosity, live from this principle, they had possessions, but were not possessed by possessions. Their value was in who, so therefore they gave towards the needs of those that were apart. Right Here today, we're in the middle of a crisis. I mean, uh, 23 million people, I think, filed for unemployment through this process. Multiple people inside of our church have, have reached out in need. And the beauty and what I love about our church is, I think this is being lived out, but today's a reminder, but you know, Individuals inside of our church know that what they have is now a resource for them to put action behind it to give to those in need. You know, specifically one person inside of our church, it's an individual that's been around for a long time. Today, she serves as a traveling nurse around the country, but she's never lost connection with Pearl Street Church. She stays connected online. Every time she's in town, she shows up. She's here. You know, she reached out to me a couple weeks ago and said, hey, pastor, I'm, uh, I just... Uh, I got some extra money and I, would, I feel led that I want to give to the church today. And is there, if there's anybody that's in need because of this crisis, I'd love to give. And she gave us lump sum of money. And it just so happens that people have reached out to us that were in need. Specifically, uh, one person reached out and said, hey, they were behind on their light bill. And, and they needed to get caught up by like three months. They had an X amount of uh, dollars that they had to pay and they you know, were working as hard as they could. They had a job, they were working. They just couldn't get caught up on the light bill, paying everything else, couldn't get caught up on the light bill. Is there anything that we can do? And the beautiful thing about the church is we have a benevolence fund and those that reach out and say, hey, I want to give above my tithes and offering, right? You can't be a generous, uh, you can't be a, uh, a generous giver until you first become a faithful tither. So individuals that are given over and above on top of the 10%, the tithe that God has asked from us in Malachi 3.10, they give, and when they give over and above, we put it specifically in benevolence, a benevolence fund for the need of the church. And, and so this individual reached out, we were able to say, Okay, let, let's meet that need. And we were able to pay for three months of a light bill on a young lady inside of our church that's doing the best that she can in this season of life. And we were able to catch her up. And it was a massive blessing for her. 
You know, we had another uh, individual in our church that him and his boss said, you know what, you know, we're doing okay, our, our, our business is doing okay, but we want to be generous and give towards the church to, for anybody in need. So they took a lump sum of money, gave it to the church, put it in the benevolence fund, and it just so happened that an individual reached out inside of our church that's a waiter. He's also a caterer. He, he, he was in between in a position in his life where you know, restaurants being closed. He was not able to make you know, money inside of his life to pay his rent. And so he reached out to say, hey, I, I, know, I know there's a lot of need out there. And he, he, he did it in mean, the most uh, humble way. Just, I know there's a lot of need, but I, I'm in need. And he's been faithful. He's been a faithful giver, a tender of Pearl Street Church for a long period of time. And he's a part of our church community. And we were able to give towards that need. We were able to pay for his rent for this month. And man, it's praising God, thanking God for the generosity of the church, right? The, the value is there. Individuals in our church community saying, I'm willing to take my possessions, some of my possessions, and give. Another individual said, I got all this baby food. Can I donate baby food? We took in baby food and it just so happens that a young family, young couple, new baby, we were to bless them with that. This is the beauty of being powered by generosity, transformed by the Holy Spirit to lose sight of this world and get caught up in the heavenly realm. Get caught up in the leading of the Holy Spirit to meet the needs of the body of Christ, right? They were united in heart. They were united together is what it says. And because of that, you saw the generosity flowing out. It's a matter of value. Where is the value? Where's your value? Where's my value? And what our value is in who? We'll never get caught up in what? We'll never get caught up in what we have. And we're able to freely give. So long as there's no conflict of value, we're able to freely give. Amen. So, uh, you know, the next thing I'd bring up inside of here is, um, you know, this distance between intentions and fulfillment. And I, I talked about it on the front end of here and, and, and feeling this need of like, man, I, I want to give. And I think we've all been there before. And uh, the, there's a story as you flip over into Acts chapter 5. It's the very first story. And I'll tell you, it's something that really, when I first read it uh, years ago, I thought, wow, what a responsibility we have. I don't want to be a wicked servant that misuses what God has placed in my hands or, or you know, doesn't do what the Holy Spirit leads me to do. So to start this off, I'll leave you with number two, and I'll end with number two, is this. Say what you mean and do what you say. Say what you mean and do what you say. Acts chapter five, verse number one, I'll start reading with verse number one. It's this incredible story of words not matching actions. What is said not being done says this, but there was a certain man named Ananias and his wife, Sapphira, sold some property. He brought part of the money to the apostles. He brought part of the money to the apostles. So everybody was there. There's multiple people selling possessions. There was need. And as they saw need, selling possessions. So you get Ananias and Sapphira who were like, you know what? We want to do that too. So they sell their property. And they bring part of the money to the apostles, claiming it was the full amount. With his wife's consent, he kept the rest. There's good intentions 
And then there's the fulfillment, the action on what is, you know, what is actually done. The, the thing that is actually done. The tension between intention and fulfillment. Here we go. Right? I want to, but will I? Right? It's, it's tension. And we all have to face this. And it's a, it's a clear story in here where I imagine these individuals have the best intentions. We see people that are in need. Oh, this individual, man, they're in need. Hey, we can do this. We'll step up. We'll do this. Me and, and, me and uh, Sophia, we'll do this. We'll sell and we'll bring it in. We're going to bring all of it in. But they got caught in between intention and fulfillment. And they agreed to only bring a part of it in. But they already said they were bringing all of it. So moving on inside of the story, said so then Peter said to Nias, why have you let the why have you let Satan fill your heart? Satan bring doubt in between the saying, hey, uh, my intentions to the fulfillment. Why did you allow Satan into your heart? You lied to the Holy Spirit. Wow, you lied to the Holy Spirit. The property was yours to sell or not sell, as you wished. And after selling it, the money also uh, yours to give away. How could you do a thing like this? You weren't lying to us, but to God. Wow, what a statement. How could you do this? They were in between intentions and fulfillment, and they got caught by Satan. The doubter that stepped in and said, hey, you know what you could use with that half of that money? You know, really the need is only half of it. Hey, you, you, know, you know, you probably do, why don't you go ahead and upgrade the house? You know, take that money, upgrade the house. Oh, you know, you probably, you know, you need a better donkey. Your donkey's starting to walk with a limp, you know, you got a flat tire. You know, whatever it may be, the enemy steps in in order to undermine the plans that God has and wants to fulfill through us. And it's hard. I tell you, it was hard. Heather and I on the journey of giving stuff away, there was like so many times where there was doubt on like, well, do they really need it? I'm eh. And we always just had to come back to the, the premise of, no, we feel like the Holy Spirit has called us to do this and we have to deliver on it. And I'll tell you, the story and the scripture that stood out to me in this process was this one right here. The last thing I would want is to drop dead, literally, right after this, after being confronted by the apostles, Ananias drops dead. They bring in his wife separately brings in his life separately and asks her the same question. And she lies also. And then she drops dead. I mean, it's a, it's a dramatic story for sure. But I'll tell you, say what you mean and do what you say. Let your yeses be your yeses and your noes be your noes, right? There is so much power in our tongue. There's so much power in what we say. And I'll tell you, we want to be people that do what we say. If we say we're going to do it, let's deliver on doing it. Jesus would speak to our oaths. Matthew chapter 5, this is kind of reiterating, let your yeses be your yeses and your noes be your noes. This is where it all comes from. Matthew 5 verse 33, it says, you have heard that it was said long ago, you must not make a promise you cannot keep. You must not carry out your promise to the Lord. Or you must carry out your promises to the Lord. I tell you, do not use strong words when you make a promise. Do not use strong words when you make a promise. Do not promise by heaven. It's not the place where God, it, it is the place where God is. Do not promise by earth. It is where he, he rests his he, uh, feet. Do not promise by Jerusalem. 
It is the city of the great king and do not promise by your head. You are not able to make one hair white or black. You can't change that fact. Let your yes be your yes and let your no be your no. Anything more than this comes from the evil one. Let your yeses be your yeses. Let your noes be your noes. Anything other than that comes from the evil one, right? It says, do not swear. I promise. I promise to God. It says, don't do that. That's a curse right there. You can't turn a hair on your head, right? Don't promise to God. Don't put yourself in that position. Let your yeses be your yeses and let your noes be your nose, right? Do what you say you are going to do. Say what you mean. You know, I tell you in life, being transformed by the Holy Spirit, we want to do incredible things. We want to be a part of this incredible story of salvation upon the face of the earth. We want to be vessels to be used by God to uh, bless people, right? We want to be able to see need and compassionately be moved by compassion as Jesus was multiple times over and give. But I'll tell you, don't get caught between intention and fulfillment. Do what you say you are going to do. Be a man and woman of your word. Today, we live in a season where there is need all around us. There's going to be need. As we get back online, as we get back out in community, we're back in our workplaces, we're going to see need all around us. In our workplace, in our church today, we're going to see need as people come back together. Maybe it's taking a little bit of time for individuals to get a job. <laughs> needs are, you know, sometimes we can get confused on what needs are. And as we come back online and we get into the church community, what I pray our church is ready for, you and I are ready for, is ready for the opportunity to see need and not get jaded if there's ever a, an ask, a big ask that we make as a church to say, hey, there's a few needs inside of our church of individuals that are walking through a season of lack. Will anybody step up that has, right? Anybody that's value is in who and not what. Will you step up today and take some of what to give for the need of our community? I don't want anybody to get jaded. We're stepping into what I believe could be one of the greatest revivals we've seen in our lifetime. It's we're on the threshold of it. Our complete world, uh, our complete value system has been brought down. We've had to come front, face to face with ourselves in this season. We've had to walk away from the lust of life and really come into where is our value at? Who is our value in? Where is our trust at, right? Are we fearing life? Are we trusting our Heavenly Father? And with that, you and I have an opportunity today. We have an opportunity to say, where is the need and how can I meet it? Where is the need and how can I meet it? And as we get back together, I pray you're ready. I pray you're ready to say, you know what? Who I have is my value. So therefore, I'll take what I have and give. I'm ready to give towards needs. I'm ready to give towards those that need in this season. I'm ready to walk out. I am empowered 
to generosity. The Holy Spirit is in me, speaking me and leading me towards needs. And I am a vessel to be used by God to meet needs of people and see the church of Jesus Christ advance like it's never advanced before in our lifetime. I'll leave you with this today, and it's a scripture, and I think it kind of encompasses everything that I'm speaking to. Proverbs 3. I'm going to read verse 1 through 12. It says this, My son, do not forget my teachings. Let your heart keep my words, for they will add to you many days and years of life and peace. Take my teachings. Do not forget them. They will add years to your life many years to your life, and it will bring peace to it. Come on, somebody needs some peace today. Let's take the teachings and apply them, right? Goes on to say, verse number three, do not let kindness and truth leave you. Kindness and truth, do not let it leave you, right? We're led by the truth of God's word, and man, we've been transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit as we talked about. Don't let these things leave you. Tie them around your neck, write them upon your heart so you will find favor and good understanding in the eyes of God and man. Come on, with what we live and how we live, walking out in righteousness, it's the right thing to do. The yeses be our yeses, no be our no's, empowered by generosity to give towards needs. Our, our word is our word. What we say is what we mean and what we, uh, what we, uh, we will do what we say. Amen. Come on, let's be individuals that do that. We find favor with God and man. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and do not trust in your own understanding. Agree with him in all your ways and he will make your paths straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from what is sinful. Walk away from sinful life. Turn away from those things. Repent, turn, repent. It literally means turn. Headed in one direction, the land of the dead, walking as the dead. But turn, repent of your sins and get life in Jesus Christ and follow him. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from what is sinful. It will be healing to your body and medicine to your bones. Amen. Honor the Lord with your riches. As we're talking about here, honor the Lord with your riches. Led by the Holy Spirit, be generous. Honor the Lord with your riches. And with the first of all you grow. Talking about the first fruits, tithing, right? You got riches, be generous, it's talking about. Also, be faithful in your tithing, right? Can't be a generous giver till you first become a faithful tither, is how we say it in our church. Goes on to say, then your storehouses will be filled with many good things and your barrels and will uh, flow over with new wine. That just means you're going to be added unto. You're going to have... Um, yeah, as you give, you're going to freely receive in Jesus' name, right? 11, verse, uh, verse 11, my son, listen when the Lord punishes you. Do not give up when he tells you what you must do, right? We want a heavenly father that is guiding direction. So we get off path. We want him to get us back into alignment, right? He leads us with his staff and his rod, right? We have a good shepherd. The Lord punishes everyone he loves. He whips every son he receives, there's a process of correction and alignment to righteousness. And don't get jaded in that process. Let me just tell you today, take it all. Take his word and let it lead you. Man, it'll provide life for you. Be an individual that generously gives, man, and be faithful in your tithing. Man, the Lord will bless you in that process. And don't give up when there's some correction along the journey. 
I would much rather have somebody tell me I'm doing something wrong than watch me go down the road to my own demise. Come on, let's live in alignment, man. Let's get in alignment with God's word. And I just pray today that Proverbs today encourages you, it strengthens you, man, it, it empowers you today. It, it, it connects you to this, this conversation that we're talking about here today. Man, we are powered to generosity, right? Our value is in who? Not what we have. You know, you look at the story of Jesus, you know, he stepped out of heaven. He who was without sin became sin, right? For our, for our righteousness, for our benefit. And I'll tell you today, what we know, what we can find in the heart of God is he valued us so much that he was willing to take what he had. His value was in us that he was willing to take what he had, his son, and invest it for the benefit of our lives. And I pray today, if you are here, you don't know Jesus. You got to understand that, man, there's a heavenly father that loves you so much that he was willing to take what he had, his son, send him down to this earth to die a sinner's death, to take our punishment for wrongdoing upon this earth so that we could receive eternal life. And the simple word that we talked about just a minute ago, repent. Repenting is simply, I'm turning from my way. I mean, I'm turning towards Jesus and I'm turning towards the way of righteousness. And today, if you need to repent of your sins, you need to ask Jesus to come into your heart, you can do that right now. Say, Jesus, come into my heart transform my life and I'm going to follow you all the days of my life. This moment you have come to know Jesus, you were saved, you have repented. Today I pray that you would do that if you don't know Jesus. Outside of that, our church, we're going to step into a time of worship and we're going to invite the Holy Spirit into our atmosphere here today. And I pray as we sing this song and we're saying, Holy Spirit come, that today we'd be open to hear, we'd be willing to hear and see all that God wants us to be generous in today. I pray our hearts are, uh, um, our part, hearts have the capacity that we have the ability on the inside of us, right? I've heard so many people time in, in the church world say, man, if I win the lottery, I'm going to give it all to the church. But they're not even given faithfully in their ties. And I'm like, I just don't believe it. I don't, I'm not going to believe that all of a sudden radically that somebody's going to go from no faithfulness to immense generosity, right? Pray today as we pray the Holy Spirit in that, man, we would, be, uh, we would have this heart and be ready. We would be positioned for a place where we can move and give and do right when Jesus asks us to, the Holy Spirit leads us to, right? And we don't get in, in between, we don't get caught in between intention and fulfillment. Come on, let's worship today. So we ask the Holy Spirit to come in wherever we are at. It was so good to have you tuned in right here today for this message. I pray that you are encouraged and you are strengthened inside of your faith. Man, you are confident here today in, in accomplishing what God has laid out for you to do as a believer, whatever sphere of influence that you are in. I pray that you are ready to get it done. Now, our kids experience is coming up next. Make sure you jump online, get your kids around. They'll be encouraged to get ready for their week. Outside of that, keep on making a difference in the world in which God has destined you to lead in. Have a great week.